When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. Have a ton of questions about LASIK? You're not alone. That's why we created LASIK.com, one place where you can go to find every answer to every question on your mind. Like, how much does LASIK cost? How long does recovery take? How do I find a doctor? If you've been thinking about LASIK, go to LASIK.com now. Yeah, LASIK.com. Easy to remember, so you know where to start. L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. It's never been more important to diversify your financial portfolio. Well, that's right. The S&P is down 20% from the last year, and this year looks even worse. Gold and precious metals offer a hedge against inflation and stock market volatility. And Legacy Precious Metals is the company Ken and I trust. Protect your retirement account by rolling it into a gold-backed IRA or have metals shipped directly to your door. Call our friends at Legacy Precious Metals today at 866-691-2173. Or visit buylegacygold.com. Sticky notes, email alerts, a string around your finger. They're just not big enough. So here's a big reminder from the California Lottery. Tonight's Mega Millions jackpot is over $175 million. Whew. Play now. Please play responsibly. Must be 18 years or older to purchase player client. All right, coming up in about 15 minutes, you have another shot at $1,000. We will reveal another keyword that you enter at kfiam640.com. All right. Um... The uh, the San Bernardino Sun uh, did a story today, and they counted up that at least eight times over the last uh, 80 years, there's been a serious attempt. Some part of the state wants to secede. Or there was some uh, serious attempt to break up the state into pieces. And we've got another one. Uh, Jeff. Burn. Yeah, usually that's up in Northern California, the border with Oregon and stuff. Is where oh, they well, often want to do that. Yeah. In fact, I have uh, I have a Jefferson flag. Jefferson, that's the name of it. Uh, right? I've, and I've got Jefferson stickers. What are you doing with that? Well, because I went up there. Uh, one of my sons was working up there for a while, and we went to visit. And uh, in the stores, you can you can buy. Oh, I see. You, you could buy like uh, Jefferson flags, Jefferson bumper stickers. Are they still campaigning for that anymore? Or? Uh, they they live that every day. <laughs> Sometimes they have a parade. Okay. Yeah. No. It, it's 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 never died away. So um, th- those are those are the northern uh, California counties that want to uh, join southern Oregon counties and I believe some uh, Idaho counties and right. create a super state of Jefferson. This idea is just having San Bernardino County secede from the rest of California and uh, right. this developer Rancho Cucamonga resident Jeff Burham. 
He's uh, went to the uh, Board of Supervisors meeting, and he wants them to put uh, an advisory measure on the ballot. We're going to find out what this is about. Jeff, how are you? I'm good today. How are you? Very uh, very good. So um, John was asking last hour, you by yourself with this, or who's behind this besides you? Well, I don't know if there's anyone behind it with me. I think it's, uh, you know, we are a a group of uh, friends of mine that uh, have sat around and, and, and over the last two years in particular, watch what some people have tried to do to wreck River, or River, Riverside and San Bernardino County from the state level in the last two years, what this group has tried to do to make our supervisors part-time. And we just started realizing that the only way we can really fix things is if we do something about it, you know, as individuals. Um, now, this particular measure would just separate San Bernardino, Correct. Because that's all we can really vote on, right, in San Bernardino County. We can't bring anyone else along unless they want to come along. So I'm a San Bernardino County resident where I live, where I've been living for, you know, the last 30 years. And um, I believe that uh, we have an opportunity today that has been forced upon us, not something that we've been trying to do, want to do. It's not something in a perfect world anybody would want to do. We, We live in, you know, the largest, you know, state in the country with the highest tax rates. And if we had the services that went along with those tax rates, we wouldn't be thinking about things like this. But I'm certainly sure if, uh, John and Ken, if if you had your perfect world and you were going to choose a state to live in that had the highest tax, you'd probably want the platinum service that came along with it. Generally, that's the way it's supposed to work in life. The more you pay, the more you get, except in California, the more you pay, the less you get. But at least, Jeff, we're all getting bad service in the state. You think San Bernardino is getting the less of it? We absolutely are. Um, Johnny, can you guys know, we, we have been dealing with the growth of Southern California for the last 25 to 30 years, right? I mean, people are moving here in droves to create affordable homes, to be able to have less rent, to open up businesses. And we are dealing in our communities, we're in San Bernardino County, we are having to deal with those growth factors. I'm a real estate developer. I'm not a non-growther. I want the growth to come. I want us to populate our hillsides, you know, our communities, so that we make better schools, better fire, better police response. But the state of California, it, all they do is regulate, mandate issues to us based upon that growth, and they don't do anything to help us with it. So they want us to house people cheaper. They want us to provide warehouses for transportation of goods and services throughout California. But instead of helping us pay for the infrastructures that we need, water, sewer, power, roads, better schools, and instead they regulate, oh, you can't have that truck drive on that street during these hours because the AQMD standards are being increased and the emissions are terrible. And, you know, you've got to, you know, instead you've got to start, you know, putting bags. You've got to buy, you know, uh, mitigation banks for where you're building the land. And they're not helping with it at all. They're just saying, go fix it. Yeah, the regulations are preposterous. They're irrational. They're contradictory. They just make life very difficult, and they're, they're impossible to, to adhere to and have growth in the state. Uh, I, mean, I don't disagree with anything you say, um, but, you know, eventually you're going to get pushed uh, by reporters to say, all right, now San Bernardino is, is, is its own state. Are you going to be able to sustain it with a large enough tax base. Because in Northern California, those people run into a wall because their economy is poor. There, isn't, there aren't that many jobs up there. And, and there, there's no way that they're going to be able to sustain themselves by, by taxing themselves. Well, I, I think that's why I've asked for the advisory measure. 
I think we have the context of bringing the smartest people that can analyze this. What I know is we're the largest county in the country and the largest state in the country. We're the sixth largest economy in the world. We're bigger than the United Kingdom. I think that you kind of continue to try to keep it as one state, you know, from a fundamental perspective, is probably not going to get you the best representation, the best services, if you continue operating as an independent state. So I think with the land base that we have, imagine if at the Upland-Claremont border we had a tax base and, and regulatory controls like Arizona and Nevada. I'm pretty sure you'd stop seeing the exodus into, from Silicon Valley to Nevada and Arizona. You see people building warehouses, distribution centers all over our high desert, low desert. We've got a lot of vacant land out here. I think you'd see a complete transformation of the logistics. Um, we'd become a logistics center of, of the probably mostly the country at that point. So this would be a long slog you'd have to go through. You'd have to first put it on the ballot for San Bernardino County voters? Um, the first step would be you get San Bernardino County, you get the, the supervisors get the advisory on the November election. Um, I think after that, they study it, we have a better plan, we figure out what the better plan is, how we become independent, how the taxes get dealt with, how we deal with environmental issues, how we deal with health care services, how we deal with police and fire. And obviously, if there's a better path to better service for our residents, then I think the resident supports the plan and we move forward towards independence and we vote for it. Then it goes to the state legislature. And how do you get the state legislature to go along with this plan? <laughs> to give up San Bernardino County, right? Well, they don't care about us as it is the way they've been treating us. So why would they care? <laughs> no, they don't care. I, I think that's the biggest frustration. I mean, you're right in everything you say. But if they take your tax money and don't give enough services back, they'd probably want to continue that. I, yeah, but there's a there's a constitution that stops them from doing that. It's just and we just you know frankly most cities and counties haven't sued them over it. They don't have the right to take our per capita apportionment and and spend it in the high cost areas, but they've done it by process. How did the board of supervisors uh, take your idea? Well, I think it you know it was it's pretty new to them. <laughs> I'm pretty sure, except for the last few days, they none of them were expecting it. So. Um, I think that uh, they're probably intrigued by it. They probably understand they do have issues because of the ballot initiative that the, the appellant level turned on them as it is. And if they don't do something about putting new initiatives on the ballot in November, then we're going to have part-time supervisors. And you think we're being out-negotiated now by the state? Imagine if these people are short-term, one-term, part-time, making $50,000 a year, running the largest county in the country. It would destroy us. All right, Jeff. Well, good luck. Uh, keep us uh, updated on how this goes. Yeah, if you get you uh, any on. kind of progress, uh, you give us a call, all right? Well, I will let you know if we have progress. I anticipate that uh, the future is going to be bright in, in uh, the empire and that uh, people's services will get better no matter which way this goes, Johnny Ken. Think about it. If you make a big issue out of not having proper services and not getting your fair share allocation in the Constitution, if the worst-case scenario is we get our fair share and get better treatment, I don't think that's a bad result. All right. Thanks for talking to us, Jeff. All right. You take care. That's uh, Rancho Cucamonga developer Jeff Burham. And he is proposing, he went in front of the Board of Supervisors, San Bernardino County becoming its own state called Empire. John, do you know this article when it was first proposed to form the state of Jefferson up there in Northern California and Southern Oregon, 1941, they first yeah, thought of it. I, I saw that. <laughs> it's been around that it's uh, really entrenched up there.
I, you know, I, I spent some time up there, and it's it's really n- nothing like the California we know down here. You know, it really is like being in Oregon or, or Idaho. And right. it, it's really rural. It's beautiful. You know, there's lakes and forests. There's a lot of open space. And the people there have made their living. They don't relate to the... those coastal elites, huh? No, no. These, these those are... wokesters. No, they, they, don't, they, they don't deal in any of those issues. All those issues that you see and hear about debated all day, none of these people have any interest in. What, what, what they do is they do a lot of physical labor. They do a lot of, uh, you know, like lumber is, is big up there. And there are, the lumber industry is always running into more and more restrictions on what they can do but, but because of all these environmental rules. But that's the only way they can make money. You, you, you can't live up there and, and be a, you know, some woke diversity inclusion and equity expert. There's no <laughs> jobs sell. up there for that. You actually have to do something productive like uh, chop trees down so they convert the wood into products. Right. All right. So they don't, up. Under, they don't understand the rest of the state, and they shouldn't. You have a chance at $1,000. Stand by for the keyword. John and Ken Show, KFI. Yeah, it was just that article about uh, how many times in California they've tried to divide the state up. Remember, there was Northern and Southern California. Then there was the idea of three states dividing California. Uh, it's- you know what? Well, what, what's difficult is, is you have people who are really smart and who, who uh, have to live in... In, in, in the world where government has influence, right? If you're a real estate developer, you've got to deal with the government every day. So you know in great detail just how difficult it is and how it inhibits growth and how a lot of this is unnecessary, especially in, among the wokeheads in California with all their uh, global warming obsessions, right? Yeah. With their environmental obsessions. And often their obsessions, their beliefs are detrimental to life. I mean, certainly their environmental decisions on how to deal with forest growth have exacerbated the fire dangers. I mean, everybody's come around to agree on that now, but it took decades. People in government are wrong for decades and they're arrogant and obnoxious and they don't listen. And they're not very smart, most of them. And it's really hard when you're smart and successful and you're a real estate developer and you say, you know what? This could be streamlined. This could be done quicker. This could facilitate growth. This could be a positive for the region. But you talk to the blockhead at the Bureau of uh, Nonsense and none of it gets through. And I think people are feeling so powerless. Now, that's that's one group, right? There's this huge group. And they vote, and they don't know what's going on. They simply—they don't know how difficult it is to build something. They don't know how how complex and choking the regulations are. They—they they don't know how absurd a lot of this climate preaching is, and a lot of this environmental preaching is. It's fanaticism. It's religious fanaticism. They don't know this, and that's why you can't get anything done. It's not that people are on opposite sides. It's that most people are apathetic to everything. And that's the enemy. I always look at apathetic people as being the enemy, not people I disagree with, but the people who sit there and go, huh? Those people make me nuts. The crowd that I think is uh, not going to really do anything about the return of the indoor mask mandate to L.A. County. We got word today that not only is Beverly Hills, we mentioned yesterday we had the mayor on, they voted not to enforce an incoming or upcoming possibly indoor mask mandate in L.A. County. 
and they did enforce the previous ones, so that's kind of significant. El Segundo has also joined. Their city council there says we're not enforcing it here. And because they have their own health departments, Pasadena and Long Beach have also announced we are not going to impose well, an indoor mask mandate, even though they're in L.A. County. They don't have to. That's a lot of major. Well, L.A. County could enforce it. They could, they could go into these cities. No, they can't, because this starts from the top down. The local restrictions can be tighter than the broader restrictions. Can they be so, looser? Can they be looser? Like well, Pas- Pasadena and Long Beach, they have their own health departments, right? They're in one category. Long Beach is saying they're aligning with the California Department of Public Health which does not require but strongly urges masking. Like L- so I think they can do that because even though they're in L.A. County, they have their own health department. They don't have to listen to Barbara Ferrer. I don't think they do. See, Beverly Hills and El Segundo don't, yeah, have, they their don't own have their health. own health department. Right. So, yes, so the county could probably come in and do something if they wanted to. But she already said that. Ferrer said there's not really going to be any enforcement. I, I heard her say that, that. Well, if there's just, not going to be enforcement, why, why, why bother with all this? I don't know if there ever was enforcement. It's up to the businesses to decide if there's enforcement. That's really where it all boils down you, to. You know what I like? And a lot of businesses say, we're going to put out a sign, but we're, we're not going to enforce it because uh, we got into too many fights with the public. Yeah, there, there, I, there are too many, too, too many people arguing with us. My guess is it'll look like any other day in the grocery store or the restaurant. I don't think there'll be somebody standing at the door to see that you're wearing a mask as you come in. But it's possible if you do walk in and walk around without a mask, some employee might say, hey, maybe. Right. maybe. I but, don't know. But are they, are they going to do something about it? Oh, if you if you won't? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, businesses are not want to uh, alienate customers. I don't know. I doubt it. I doubt they'd be I mean, hostile be, about be, it. Because how long? But it depends on who runs the, the restaurant or the grocery store, what kind of person. If that's a Barbara Ferrer type of person, yeah, that probably yeah, would be tough on But you. you know the good thing is? You don't need that business in your life. <laughs> no, and, no. And, that's the, that, that, and that's the message that people have to uh, put across if you get one of these obnoxious souls. Because they don't have the moral high ground anymore that we're just trying to keep people alive here. <laughs> no, that's not it. Okay, Barbara Ferrer's got fake numbers. She her ego can't let go of the spotlight. She's a hysteric. She's got she's got her own disorder here. It's right. not about all right. We we got the, we got the we got quadruple vaccines now. We got Paxlovid. So there's no excuse for, for this kind of nonsense anymore. Yeah, my guess is that like ninety something percent of businesses will have the sign up. They have to wear a mask, but they wouldn't enforce it. If you don't, you don't. I don't think they're going to chase people around. That's what was happening, by by the way, in the waning months of the stupid mask mandate the last time we had it. I went into plenty of stores, especially grocery stores, and there was a bunch of people in there without masks, and nobody was bothering them. So I don't, I don't think yeah, that's okay, that. that's, yeah, Imagine doing that all day, especially in a high-volume store, like a grocery store, where, <laughs> where you, know, you get hundreds and hundreds of people walking all day, and you're going to run around. And chase down people and get into arguments with them? Because people are in a bad mood now. They're in, it's not like two and a half years ago where everybody was docile and timid. No, people have learned to manage this and so they want to get on with their lives after this 
Yeah, I mean this this is so unnecessary. It's actually fascinating. I, it, it's fascinating uh, this this desire for power and control among the kind of people who get into government work, which has always been my theory, and it's being proven now. You get into government work because you want to tell other people what to do, and you can see how difficult it is now that that events have changed. It's not necessary to enforce masking, but the people in you know, like Barbara Ferrer's department, they still want to. They still want to. And they're, they're, I always have some kind of moralistic preaching uh, speech to give you about it, right? It's always, they're always holier than thou. All right, we got more coming up. John and Ken Show, KFI. All right, uh, coming up after 4 o'clock, another move by the L.A. County District Attorney, George Gascon, that we need to talk about this time. He wants to let a guy off of death row who killed two young Japanese students. The deaths occurred back in the 1990s. John Lewin, L.A. County Deputy DA, will be back on the show to talk about this. Gascon wants a judge to lift the death sentence uh, of a man who killed two college students. This is amazing. The guy's name is Raymond Butler. He's only 47. And and, uh, Gascon's argument is he endured violence and trauma throughout his childhood. Yeah. And that's why he should get a break on the death sentence. Of course, he murdered two college students from Japan. Um, Slightly more traumatic than whatever Butler went through. He's relentless. He he is a he's another fanatic. The Moist Line comes back day after tomorrow. You can leave a message with the iHeartRadio app, a little microphone icon. Talk directly to the show. Those are listened to and a lot of them are played. The Moist Line toll-free number there is 1-877-MOIST-86, 1-877-664-7886. Well, a couple of studies came out that are claiming that COVID originated in the Wuhan market. Explosive is how this article calls them. Explosive new studies. Explosives? No, explosive. Oh, okay. Sorry. You know, like a bombshell every time we hear about the... Stupid well, January bombshell? 6th hearings. There's a that, bombshell every day. That's been, it, it's the theory that the elites have been clinging to since day one. That the, which one? That it came from the Wuhan market. Yes, and apparently some are already discounting these studies because they're coming from academics who have always believed and pushed the theory that it came from the Wuhan market. They're claiming that positive samples from floors, cages, and counters track the origins of this virus back to stalls in the southwestern corner of the Wuhan market, where, in case you forgot, since it's more than two years ago, is where people go to get themselves live animals to be slaughtered for them to take home and eat. Well, That's what happens there. They never found, as far as I know, a, a bat with this bat virus that supposedly jumped species. Remember their theory is somehow a bat transmitted it to a pangolin, an animal that nobody ever heard of, and then somehow it jumped into humans. They never explained the route. They, they never fa- they've looked at thousands of animals they've tested in China, and they can't find it existing in the animals. One so why is shows that? that for the first time, the earliest human cases were clustered within a small radius around the market in the winter of 2019. They claim that more precise analysis of swabs taken from floors, cages, and counters tracked the virus back to the stalls in this particular corner of the market 
where animals can harbor COVID were sold for meat or fur at the time. A second study claims to have pinpointed the exact date the first animal to human infection occurred, November 18th, 2019. They said they carried out genetic analysis on hundreds of samples from the first human carriers who were tracked. But, you know, a lot of the data and information from China and Wuhan, I don't necessarily believe. No, I know because the Chinese lie about everything. They're a completely oppressive, corrupt government, brutal government. Uh, they, they, They brutally harm their own people. And and they lied. They they, they lied to this day. They're, they for months they were claiming they had absolutely no COVID deaths, and then when they had a COVID outbreak that they couldn't hide. You know, you saw the photos of them grabbing people in the streets, dragging them off, screaming, throwing them in these uh, narrow white trailers, not feeding them food. I mean, they're, they're, that government's the last, the last entity I would believe anything from. Now, keep in mind, the lab, the Wuhan lab, is only eight miles across the Yangtze River from the market. Right. So they really are close together. This is the Wuhan Institute of Virology. And they were doing experiments with these viruses. And remember, we found out that uh, Fauci and some American companies were sending money to the Wuhan Institute to do the enhancement experiments. On the virus. So, you know, it's, it's actually, if you look up on YouTube, the night John Stewart was on Stephen Colbert, and John Stewart did, did a perfect routine on the absurdity. And, and it's about, you, you've, you've got the Wuhan Institute in the town where they're doing experiments, where the outbreak first happened, and they had nothing to do with it. When we're paying with our tax money to help enhance the virus to see how well it would spread. Now, yeah. I, I can imagine why our government, Fauci, Chinese government, is going to put a lid on the truth for the rest of our lives and beyond. I understand that. You're talking about gain of function. The gain called. of function research. But gain of function is a fancy word for enhancing. Make it, make it more transmissible. Make it, make it uh, more deadly. They I, also say the virus might have reached the market from a customer who worked elsewhere in the city, including the lab. Well, there that you still go. still can't be discounted from this. Well, yeah. Because... I remember, there was a couple of uh, lab workers who got really sick with mysterious yes. symptoms that were not really followed up. And they and they disappeared? I mean, it's not outrageous to think they went to the market to buy dinner. And that's why you find tra- traces of the virus. I, I mean, they're... they're look, when, when places lose credibility, they lose credit. What does that mean? Literally, I don't believe you anymore. And I don't believe the U.S. government and Fauci, the Chinese government, you know, officials at the at the World Health Organization. They've been proven that they were all lying and covering things up. So, no, I don't care what the official story is. Here is the list of possible animals that could have harbored COVID. The one that they're singling in on now is the raccoon dog. Oh, now it's the raccoon dog. And you may have never have heard of one of these. It is a uh, it is indigenous to mainland East Asia, Asia and northern Vietnam, also known as the Chinese raccoon dog. And it looks a lot like a raccoon to me, but I guess that's just what it's called in that part of the world. But also on the list are an Amur hedgehog, a hog badger, an Asian badger, a Chinese hare, a Chinese bamboo rat, a Malayan porcupine, 
This one I never heard of, a Chinese munch jack. Do they sell these at the market, all these? Uh, a marmot? People uh, don't eat this stuff, do they? Never eat marmot? It's delicious. <laughs> uh, a red fox, a Siberian weasel. The old civet. Remember the civet? We talked about the civets mm-hmm. before. I never heard of a koi poo. A koi poo. It doesn't sound tasty. A mink, a red squirrel, a wild boar, and a flying squirrel are all on the list for... You know, I don't know if they're all sold there or... But if 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 they they're the animals that could have harbored COVID, they I, probably were somewhere, and they they have this uh, diagram of the the floor plan of the seafood. I I mean I mean I just can't get around that the Wuhan Institute was right there in town. I can't, I can't get past that. I can't get past the workers mysteriously getting sick and disappearing, the supposed accident, the 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 money that went from Fauci and other medical uh, organizations. From here to Wuhan, I, I'm, I'm, I'm never getting past it. None of that was explained. They lied and falsely denied it for a while. So uh, you, you, you know what? This is this is classic. Change the subject. Look over here. Hey, what about this? Maybe it was uh, you know, oh, not a pangolin. Oh, maybe it's a uh, raccoon dog, or maybe it's a hedgehog, or a warthog, or whatever. Stop the, it. The koi poo. Uh, look at that. It's a large. Uh, it's it's uh, it eats it eats herbs. It's a, it's a, it's a semi-aquatic rodent. Some say it looks like a large beaver. When whenever you're in a situation, this can apply to your daily life in your family where you work. When you get multiple stories, when when people are making uh, multiple points about a certain situation, sometimes they're contradictory. There's something up. <laughs> I mean, stop. Wait, something's going on here. That, and that's exactly what's happening here. There's too many multiple stories. And then every six months, oh, we got new research. We found this, different animal. Show me the bat that had this. Yeah, the bat wasn't on the list. That list I just gave you, there's no bats. No, there's no bats. Now, they had bats. That was the original, original, original theory. Yeah, they had bats years ago. That it was bats in a cave, right? In a cave, right. Yeah. And that the the, the miners uh, from the bat poop caught this, which is how they got the original sample that they were testing in Wuhan. Oh. Now, how did it get out of that lab? And, and, and you know, stories can float out of China just briefly, right? Just for a few days a week. And then the people involved in the story, they get put away, which is what happened here. And then China waits a few months, everybody's forgotten it, and they come up with the pangolin story. And everybody goes, uh, we never found a pangolin. Oh, okay. All right, how about, how about the, the hedgehog? You want to go for that? All right, we got more coming up. John and Ken, KFI. Another chapter in the horror book called George Gascon, the L.A. County D.A. He wants to give a break to a double murderer who got the death penalty. Gascon is making a move to lift that death penalty sentence off and put this man in for life without parole. You know, in the state of California, life without parole doesn't always mean that. No, there's it doesn't. always a way. And he's you for- get death, you don't get parole. But if you get life without parole, hmm, not so sure about that. Uh, he's 47, which means I think once he turns 60, he might be eligible for elderly parole. All right, that's one, right? Yeah, which is something we ought to ask. Uh, John Lewin. John Lewin's coming on. He's uh, the prosecutor. We had him on a few weeks ago. And um, he works for Gascon. And he's going to be explaining this latest atrocity. Well, the problem in one small town in Japan, 
we got a crime wave going on here. We have obviously people who are being followed home. People who are being robbed right on the sidewalk or were dining at restaurants. In this town, it's called Yamaguchi, about 580 miles southwest of the capital of Tokyo. We have a vigilante gang of monkeys. And they have attacked more than 50 people over the past three weeks. This gang of monkeys. Why are they so angry? Well, here's the thing. They rounded up what they thought was the ringleader. They thought was the monkey that was most responsible for the attacks. And Deborah Mark, they killed him. Why? He was like because a mob he's, boss. He, oh, he's already proven that he'll, he'll hurt people. But it looks like that didn't stop the attacks. They may have had the wrong monkey of interest. Oh, oh really? <laughs> so they killed an innocent monkey? Well, maybe not. Maybe he wasn't the only monkey that was going to attack people. Uh, it says uh, the monkey was tranquilized. The monkey matched prior descriptions and photos taken of a known attacker. And go. yes, it was put down. Oh, I'm sorry for the monkey. Now, is that the same story about uh, the monkeys who were trying to snatch babies? No, that's India. Different country. No, this one says, Japanese city alarmed by biting, clawing, attacking monkeys trying to snatch babies in uh, Yamaguchi. Where are you seeing that? Um, came out today, various news operations, ABC. Oh, well, the story I talked about a couple weeks ago was in India. I remember that distinctly. That's where they were grabbing dogs. Oh, was the bait? The babies, they were grabbing dogs, too, and throwing them off rooftops. Yeah. Right. Well, but there was one place where they threw a child off a rooftop, and that's when we said they have to be killed. Deborah Mark didn't even like that. Well, no, because I think you can transfer these monkeys elsewhere. Obviously, no. there's a problem. There's something going on. Are they being abused? Are they being oh, bullied? What? Deborah Gascon. Uh, <laughs> what, the monkeys oh. have bad childhoods? <laughs> I think they're... <laughs> Wow. It's possible. <laughs> they were denied bananas? <laughs> yes. Were they read their rights? Uh, yeah, they're, yeah, there's... They're, 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 look, here's what's, an, what's uh, with... They're grabbing babies in Japan, too? That's mm -hmm. see, You can't have this. No, you can't, but I, I just don't understand what's going on. I, I, I mean, this is the second situation here right if we right. have this going on in india and now japan here, here's this one this is from an nbc station and it just came out today people in a southwestern japanese city have come under attack from monkeys that are trying to snatch babies biting and clawing at flesh and sneaking into nursery schools the attacks on 58 people since july 8th well this is the same story yes but i didn't know they were going after children it says here a lot of a the victims were women in their 40s and older, and some victims were only uh, 10 years old. But you said there's been children bitten, huh? That's what this story One says. One man was attacked in his sleep. Wow. <laughs> the monkey crawled into the window and started biting them. When confronted by a monkey, do not look them in the eye. Make yourself look <laughs> as big as possible. Spread open your coat and back away quietly without making sudden moves. They often sneak up and attack from behind, grabbing at your legs. They're yeah, once an animal proves aggressive against a person, it's you kill it. That's it. There Sorry. That's the wow. court of Ken. <laughs> Gavel down. <laughs>
gavel drop. I just, I, I would like to understand what's no. going on. Now, see, now you sound like a woke person. Is there a mutation? <laughs> She wants a monkey to mutation. Wants- Next thing you want to know if they're underage, were they under eighteen? And uh, she she's gonna want to only like, because they're animals. She wants to sit at ambassadors to try to counsel the monkeys. Well, yeah, that's a good idea. Even monkeys can be evil. I mean, <laughs> yeah, it runs but, through any species that just has bad wiring, as John likes to say, and wants to kill things. A lot of, a lot of bad animals out there. Bad, bad, bad animals. Right. Well, that's right. why. Why do you think we call criminals animals? Speaking of bad, well, DAs, George Gascon, another story that apparently he wants to lift the death penalty for a man who killed two college students during a 1994 carjacking. More on that coming up. John and Ken show. Deborah Mark has the news. KFI AM 640. Hey, Ken, did you know that gold is the only currency that's held its value since the dawn of money? Well, I did. Thanks to our friends at Legacy Precious Metals, the most trusted name in gold investing. Investing in gold protects you against inflation and gives you a hedge against stock market volatility. Don't leave your retirement to chance. Call Legacy Precious Metals today at 866-691-2173. Or download your free investor's guide now at buylegacygold.com. That's buylegacygold.com. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Do you love Selena? Like, really love? Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to Stan, the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon.